this episode of Wanted, a Midlife Hobby, we'll talk about a pastime that focuses on the beauty around us, photography. Beth Pekoski, a photographer from Cape Cod, will take a shot at framing up some good reasons you may want to pick up a camera or look at your iPhone in a whole new way. Once you're exposed to this discussion, you may want to zoom in on photography as your next hobby. And here we are, our last podcast of this first inaugural season. And I am very, very pleased to be sitting here with Beth Patkowski. How'd I do it with your last name? Great time? job. Excellent All right. job. Excellent. Excellent. It took me a half an hour of practice just to make sure. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I really appreciate you joining today. Uh, and today we are going to talk about photography. Uh, and I will confess that in the back of my mind, when I started this whole podcast thing, photography is one of the ones that I was really most interested in. Um, not putting any additional pressure on you, I promise. It's just <laughs> all about the, the good news is I am especially interested in photography. Um, I am curious, though, how did you get started? That's the first question I've always got to ask. How did you get started and get interested in it? Well, first of all, thanks for inviting me. I'm happy to be here on your podcast, Rob. And um, as far as photography, I think I've always had an interest in it. And I think it's really evolved through the years. Um, you know, of course, everyone was using standard cameras for so long and, you know, going to CVS and having your photos developed. And you had no idea what they were going to be. And of course, now it's so much easier because with all of the technology um, and just kind of a disclaimer, I don't use a standard 35 millimeter camera. Uh, as far as my photography goes, I use only iPhones. Um, so some of the things I'll talk about today are specific to iPhones, but some are general for photography and some um, could be iPhone or Android or whatever you're using um, as your phone. Um, but yeah, I think I've always had an interest in it. I took a couple of courses, of course, in high school and um, more recently, I've taken a couple of online courses or um, in-person courses for iPhone photography, since that's what I'm most interested in. Um, did just you start with 35 of, millimeters though? Did you start out with, no. uh, what did you start uh, with? I started just with a, you know, a, a regular standard camera, you know, point and shoot type of camera. Um, I did during the course in way back in high school, I did use 35 millimeter, but I'm not as interested in um, delving into all of the many dials and lenses and things like that, which I know would also be fascinating. But for me, I like having a camera with me. Oh, that's always with me. So you don't, you can capture things whenever you see them um, and something that's small enough to fit into your pocket or purse and really phones, smartphones fit the bill on all of those. And they've really come a long way in what you can do, you know, editing within the phone itself. And then also with a number of apps that are easy to use to edit. Okay. Do you do a lot of editing of your photos? Um, I think I do a combination. There's some that I use straight out of the phone and then others I do a slight edit. There's a lot of editing um, options within iPhone if you go right in there. And I think a lot of people don't even use those. So I think a lot of times people say, oh, that's such a great photo. And I think really anyone could take it. A lot of it is the editing. So, you know, sometimes you need to edit it so that it looks the way it does to your eye. So the camera captures it, but you might need to 
lighten up the photo because it hadn't it hadn't captured all of the light. So there's there's quite a few different options within the iPhone. You know, there's the editing itself, you know, when you tap on edit on a photo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's filters, which is separate, but also within that same um, part of your phone. And, you know, now with the more advanced phones, um, the one I'm currently using is the 11 Pro. And on that one, there's even, you know, options to adjust the f-stop so the aperture so you know you can blur the background more or less um especially when you're in the portrait mode okay so here's an interesting fact for you i before we started talking one of the things i wrote down was see if she actually starts talking about terms you don't understand and i can show you a piece (laughs) of paper that has that so you've already thrown out f-stop aperture Well, those are kind of part of the same. And that's something, you know, a person who uses a 35 millimeter adjusts those manually Mm -hmm. oftentimes, or they have an automatic button. But when you look at your iPhone, any of the more recent, I think it started maybe with the 10R um, and moving forward from that. If you just go into the edit button, you'll see on the very top left, a little button that says F. And if you tap on that, you have the option down below to slide this little um, lever one way to the next. And you'll actually see all it does is like it bright, it blurs and sharpens as you move it one way left to right. So you don't really need to know what all these words mean. All you need to know is what to tap on in your phone and how to slide it, what it'll do. So, um, so I think there's a lot of options that people don't even realize are already within their phone that can make their photos more unique or sharper or, um, you know, different coloring, you can turn them black and white. Um, you can make them sepia tone look if you want an older look. So between the filters and the editing tools that are already in there, you can really do a lot with those. So so why do you like doing it so much? What about it appeals to you? I think I just really like to capture um, what I see. I mean, I think everyone, depending where you live, I live on Cape Cod, which I think is an especially beautiful place. You know, we have tons of beaches and a lot of, you know, natural beauty all around. But I also love um, doing photography when I'm in a city. I'm in New York or Paris or D.C. or wherever you happen to be. I think it doesn't really matter where you live or where you're going. There's always going to be something beautiful you can capture. So I like to capture them not only for myself, but also to share them with other people. Mm-hmm. So um, another reason I like it for a hobby is I love to walk, whether it's in a city or on a beach. And it kind of just gives you something extra to do while you're walking. Um, something catches your eye and then, you know, each walk or each tour you do, you have some uh, photos from that that you can enjoy or you can share or, you know, a lot of people use them for Instagram. That's the number one thing that I share them on is my Instagram account. So um, I do have a website, but I feel like it's easier to keep up with Instagram. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people use that as a way to showcase their photos, whether they're professional or whether it's a hobby, which I know you're focusing on here. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a nice way to to share them and to take a look at others on Instagram uh, through hashtags. Yeah. Now, and I guess you mentioned your website and the Instagram. I have been there. I've seen the pictures. So it's for those folks listening CapeCodBeth.com or at Cape Cod Beth. Do I have that right also? Yep, that's for the Instagram. Yeah. Cape Cod Beth. Photos look great. 
Thank that you. Is, yeah, the photos look great. And I, and I confess, the, the pictures of particular Cape Cod, it's it's a beautiful place. And I think you, you did a great job of capturing those. Thank um, you. Is, is there a particular subject that you you look for? So I, I, I have an old friend who, when she travels, she loves to travel, and she always makes sure she visits the best library in town. You know, just, to, just for whatever reason, it's become a passion of hers. Is there a particular subject, either when you're taking your walks or you're visiting these other, you know, what do you like to try to make sure you're taking photographs of? I think it depends. Um, because I live close to many beaches, I take a lot of photos of beaches. Um, I, t- I do take sunsets, which I think is one of the most photographed things when people are taking photos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I take sunsets, but I also find that sunrises are almost better. Um, they look similar sometimes, but you really have to, well, you do have to get up early, but um, (laughs) (laughs) but if that's not a problem for you, there's always less people um, around. So if you're trying to take photos without people in them, uh, that always helps. And sometimes the light is, it's just a little different in the morning. So I do like to take those. um, I think even if it's stormy, um, at the beach, I feel like the beach or a lot of different parts of nature, the sky, the clouds, trees, um, they have so much depth to them and they're different every day. So you could go to the same location multiple times and you're always going to have a different photo depending on, you know, all the circumstances, the weather, the sky. Um, so that that keeps it kind of interesting. So I do a lot of that. Also a lot of nature walks. So we have quite a few walks here that have boardwalks. So I find that's a great topic. That's something else I like to take photos of, Um, you know, whether it's a boardwalk, you can, you know, with railings, the ones you can walk on through the woods, there's, there's a number of different ones here and, and maybe whatever area your listeners are, are in, there might be some unique feature about that. Um, I think also when you're in cities, I love the idea of the library. I'm definitely trying to focus on that as well. But um, and there are, you know, your friend might want to come. We have we have a library in Provincetown here on the Cape, and it actually has a fully built ship inside the library. Really? It's one of the features. So she would definitely love that one. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, that's fascinating. but yeah, just I think seeking out some interesting things. Um, you know, occasionally I take photos of things like flowers here in the summer. Hydrangeas are a big um favorite of everyone. So I'll do some of those, but it's not primarily that. I would say more landscapes. Um, mm. and I try to use a lot of negative space, which just means there's not a lot of busy things happening in my my photos for the most part it might be a bench <laughs> or a, an empty swing or yeah. something like that there's I, I don't always take them with a lot of activity in them mm-hmm. I like to have a lot of blank space in them whether it's the sky the low tide the water um, I just find that when you blow those up it's more calming to me to look at ones with less activity in them that's interesting and I think I noticed that you didn't have a lot of pictures of people either I don't do as many of people. At least I don't use them really for my photography. I definitely have for friends, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because that's another topic. You know, people might not care about landscapes if they're looking into photography as a hobby, but they might want to do portraits, um, which, again, you can definitely do on your smartphone. Um, I've done them for multiple people. Uh, Oftentimes I do them for my friends, for their kids' 
for the Christmas cards. Ah, uh, okay. That's something. <laughs> so, that, we're getting into that um, so season. That's another, so yeah, I may be, so that's I may be calling on you, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely it's, you know, families. And I mean, I don't do it necessarily professionally, but I would do it to help friends, you know, if they wanted photos of their kids or at a certain occasion. Um, and, and that's a little bit different too, because that's a moving subject. Um, when you're taking a picture at a beach, nothing's really moving other than waves. So when you're taking photos of people, um, you know, if you can have them obviously be as still as possible, it's easier to use the portrait mode. But if you're in, um, if it's darker, if you're indoors, Mm -hmm. it's a little more challenging with the phone um, because it's not as good in the dark or in the mixed light. So I would say if you're trying to do portraits or take pictures of people, if you can do them outdoors or in natural light, um, you know, with light coming in a window or anything like that, that is definitely easier on the phone. So all these, all these things um, that you're talking about, you've learned about lighting and things like that. Are they something, I know you've mentioned that you've taken some courses, but do you, from your mostly perspective. mostly trial and error, to be honest, you know, like uh, I have taken shots of uh, people indoors when, when it's, you know, you're using lamps and things, mm-hmm. not actually natural light, and they just don't come out as well. Um, pictures outside are great. If you can find um, a solid color background outdoors you know a lot of times there's buildings that have maybe it's a green door or something like that or a barn that has a red door or something um, a garage door the side of a building anything like that that's a solid color and you can have the person stand in front of that outdoors that always looks cool Um, and again you can use your editing to to make adjustments after Um, and then when it, when it comes to the editing, another thing I do use, in addition to the editing, that's part of the smartphone, you can get a couple of different apps that make things really easy to adjust Mm -hmm. that will really help your photography. I think, um, the one I use the most is called touch retouch and that's available on, I think any of the app stores, it's only a (laughs) dollar 99, not forever. I'm not every month or anything. It's just you pay one time a dollar ninety nine for this app, and it's great. It's no one kidding. I use a lot. And it's called Touch Retouch. Um, touch Retouch, okay. um, and the nice thing about it is it's it's very easy to use, and you can look on a YouTube video and people can show you how to use it. But um, it, it allows you to take out some things fairly easily. So if you're taking a photo in a neighborhood or in a city where there are a lot of um, electrical wires and lines you know, that go right across your picture. Mm. Um, All you do with this is they have a line removal tool within there and you just basically click on that and you run your finger across the line on your screen and it'll pull the line right off and leave everything else intact. Um, It it does the same thing with, um, say you have a photo of someone and in the background there's, I don't know, a, a fire hydrant or something that you don't want in there, you can put remove object and you just rub your hand over that, um, your finger over that particular object and it'll remove it. Does it so work it's for a little, wrinkles? It's a little more difficult with people, but when it's objects, it's, it's quite easy. Does so. It doesn't work with wrinkles then is what you're telling me. So no, actually there is, there is kind of this, um, there's one of, there's this remove object and then there's kind of an adjustment tool on there and you can if you if you are using this tool, one thing I would say is once you open the tool, uh, the app, you should zoom in on your picture really close, and that way it doesn't look obvious. So if you zoom way in, you can like remove a wrinkle or something, just smudge it right over, and then oh when gosh. you return the photo to its regular size, you won't even notice it. 
this is this might be the best thing I've learned in months. <laughs> when I'm no, it's ready, great. It's a really, it's a really, <laughs> it's a really good app. I think um, to make little adjustments because maybe maybe you took a dozen photos of your your you know niece or nephew at the beach and. I don't know, maybe there's a dog way in the corner and you don't want that in there. You just want the the child and the beach. Yeah. You can just move right over there. There's one person swimming way, you know, in the back in the water. You just want to remove that. Um, you can do it with that tool, which is great. So I think that's a really good one. And then I think also um, if you're going to do any kind of video, because that's the other thing that as far as photography, you know, video is really big right now, um, whether it's on Instagram or just for your own personal use. Mm -hmm. And it's really easy to use on the smartphones. And um, there's an app called InShot, I-N-S-H-O-T, InShot. Um, you can do a... Um, a paid version of it, but the free version of it is great. And that allows you to just basically tap a number of different video clips that are in your iPhone album, you know, in your iPhone, whether it's video clips or photos, still photos, and you can load them all in there and they just combine them together into a video for you. So no kidding. Um, that so that, cool. that's kind of fun to do too. So I think part of it is part of it is always having your camera or your phone with you. Uh, because you might stumble upon something fun to take photos of. And then I think part of it is playing with perspective. Like don't always take the photo looking straight on. You know, you might want to like stand up on something and look down on it. You might want to lower yourself to the same, like for a boardwalk, for example, if I'm standing there, it's a certain way you can take a photo of it. But if I, if I scrouch down a little bit, now you're taking it on the level of where people will be walking. So I think shifting your perspective can give you some different angles on photos, which is always interesting. So you make me think of different animals. So pretend you're a dog, pretend you're a giraffe and try for yes. the best is right. Just kind of. <laughs> the giraffe, you might need something to climb on or a step stool. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> or stairs, you know, there, there might be stairs somewhere. Um, you know, there's, uh, th there's a lot of different options on there. And then I would say also be conscious of, um, trying to keep up. I'm probably not the best person to, to mention this because I'm not as good at it, but um, try to keep up on maybe once a week or once a month, take a look at the photos you have in your phone and try to delete anything. You might, you might've gone to see a sunset and you might've taken 40 photos and really you only like one or two the best. Mm -hmm. So favorite them, you know, you can tap on them to favorite them. So they'll have a little heart on there. So it's easy to see and then delete any of the others. So otherwise your storage is really going to get filled up. Um, and there's also ways you can back up. I would say back up your, whether it's iCloud backup or um, you can set um, automatic backups on whether it's the free or paid versions on Amazon Prime has one. Google Photos has one. Um, you know, the iCloud Shutterfly even has it. So that way you always have backups of your photos. Um, so I think that's one thing that I would caution people against because I think a lot of people take all these pictures in their phone and then if they lose their phone or whatever, they, they lose all the photos. So every once in a while, I would transfer them to some other account, um, just your favorites though. Um, but I would also try to label them um, there's an option in iPhones anyway, where you can, uh, if you're on your photo, you can slide it up, swipe it up a little bit. And there's a, um, an option to add a caption for that photo. So you don't even have to add a big one. You just could write sunset. So then if you're looking through, um, if you're trying to search for something in your phone, in your photos, there's a search option. 
Um, a lot of people also might not realize that the search option, you can search by location and you can search by um, date. So if you're trying to look for, I don't know, photos of, um, you know, that you did something in March, you can look up. I just want to see only my March photos or only photos from March 17th. And that'll bring up all your St. Patty's Day photos. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's, there's a lot to be said for, for spending a little time on managing your storage and backing up your photos or having, you know, you might want to have some printed, um, you know, I use this. Uh, I wanted to ask you about that because I'm sitting here and I know people listening can't see this, but I'm looking and right over your shoulder, I can see lots of pictures on the wall and I'm assuming that they're probably yours. Is that a fair assumption? Okay, great. <laughs> so what it, in terms of getting them from my phone to my wall, what's the best way to go ahead and do that? Well, I think there's a couple different options. You know, there's there's a lot of different ways to have them printed. If you just want to do a print or a framed print or something like that, um, you can use a company. One company I use is called WHCC, White House Custom Color. And it's used by a lot of professional photographers, but um, anyone can sign up for it as far as I'm, I know. And um, they do a great job with printing and they have a really good customer service. Um, they send everything packaged really nicely. If you're ordering a large uh, photo or a canvas, they have other options like many do, canvas, metal, anything like that. They, they really do a great job. Um, they also, you can order your photos already matted and framed from them and they will come delivered to you exactly like that. Um, if you want to do it a little bit more um, using your local resources or a little less expensive um, option is whether you're using theirs, theirs are not expensive as far as the plain prints um, or Shutterfly um, or any of these other ones, um, you know, that you have the Amazon photos, the Amazon Prime photos, the, you know, Mac has its own photos, Apple, um, you would order those and then you could go to, I don't know, whatever you have in your area, Michael's or AC Moore, one of those. And they often have the frames with the mats in them and you could frame them. You know, you just pop your, your print right in there and, and it's ready to go. Um, and then I think the other way I think is a great way to capture all of these photos, especially if you have limited space on your walls, is to do photo books. Okay. So whether it's with your family or whether you want to do it as your hobby, if it's landscape or libraries or doors, you know, your friend does libraries, you could do a whole book on libraries she's encountered. So, you know, again, any of these different ones, um, I think the Shutterfly one is pretty easy to use. I've used that quite a few times for book. Um, I know there's uh, Snapfish and um, Apple, of course, all of the different ones use this. And what you can do is you just, if you have the app on your phone, you can just move the photo right into the app. And then you can either create the book from your phone or you can go to your laptop or a desktop and, you know, just sign into your account and all your photos are going to be in there. So that way you have a bigger screen to look at as you're laying out the book and you can do it a little more creatively. You can put titles or you don't have to, and you can put different sizes of photos. And then um, my recommendation <laughs> would be to put it, uh, once you have it done, put it in your cart um, okay. at whichever place you are. And then they often have um, special deals they'll send to you. Yeah. 
Oh, nice. Okay. So, you know, uh, you know, every once in a while they'll do 50% um, off of a photo book. So, but it's usually, they'll say 50% off a of photo book for the next two days. Now it takes lo- longer than that usually to, to create one. So if you have one that's already just sitting in there, you can just purchase it and, and use that special uh, offer. So I think that that's a good way to do it. <laughs> that's, that's very helpful. Stay tuned after the break and we'll return to Wanted, the Midlife Hobby. I will confess one of the questions I usually ask is what does it cost in terms of, you know, an, an investment? I mean, you know, the, the, a lot of, I've got a phone already, right? I have my, I have my phone, so I have my tool. <laughs> How much, I mean, other, other than that, is there a big financial investment from your There's really no, uh, you can do it from no financial investment if you already have a phone up to, you know, a lot more. So there are quite a few apps in addition to the ones I have, but they're like $2, $5, or maybe if you want to do a little bit more on your Instagram with how you display the photos, you know, there's ones that you can sign up for. Maybe it's $15 a year or something, but you don't even need to do any of those. You can just use your phone um, and the apps that are already included on there. Um, and then, and other than that, the only cost would be producing the photos. Um, if you are using one of those storages, like um, whether it's the Apple storage or if like the iCloud, or if you're using um, the Amazon Prime or the Google Photos, mm-hmm. they give you a certain allotment up into a certain gigabytes. So maybe you can have X thousand photos in there. Once you go past that point, they do charge maybe $2 a month for you to have expanded storage in there. So there, that would be a cost, I suppose, but very minimal. And only if you have a lot of photos. Okay. And that's all <laughs> um, cloud storage, right? Do you, do you recommend cloud storage or do you think there should be? I'm, I'm yeah, I, I would inserted. recommend cloud storage. I think also it's not a bad idea if you have your top favorites, not, not thousands, but if you have, you know, your top, several hundred photos that you really would never want to lose. Um, I think if you have them in multiple places, if you're on your phone and you have them in a storage in iCloud, one of those services is fine. But um, you can also, from your laptop um, or desktop, you can just put them onto a flash drive and keep that, keep it in an area that's not where all of your other things are. Yeah. Um, but I think the only other cost would be actually producing the photos, which I would, I would recommend if, like we said, if you want to print them out or... Any of these services, you know, again, I've used Shutterfly quite a bit, you know, you can take your photo and turn it into anything, whether it's note cards, um, you know, gifts for people. You can create like iPhone cases out of your photos. Oh, this is awesome. And I, I'm sorry, you folks can't actually see this because it is <laughs> literally the case around her iPhone that she's showing me right now. And it is fantastic. It's at the beach shot. And it looks like, is it like cabanas or? That's a beach shot with cabanas. But what <laughs> you take awesome. any photo and it's really easy to do. You just take any photo in Shutterfly and you say phone case. You put in what size phone you have. Maybe you have the 8 Plus or maybe you have the 11 Pro and you, you type it in there. It automatically resizes it to that size and um, you can get it with like, you know, the, the rubber casing and then the actual outside casing, which shows that um, photo. Wow. Okay. So, and it's like a nice gift. If you knew someone, if you knew what the size of the camera was that, you know, someone in your family had, you could make that as a gift. Or um, I think making a pack of note cards of your, you know, using one of your photos is also a nice gift for someone, or you can use it as a note card for yourself if you're sending it to people. Yeah. Um, oh, that's and they have a lot cool. of other options. I mean, you can put a photo on just about anything. <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, there's different options within there that I would say magnets and tote bags and puzzles and you know you can use them for whatever you'd like and um it's a nice way to showcase your photography that's very cool all right that's very cool all right so we've talked about the financial investment a little bit what about a time investment i think that again from my perspective we're talking the word hobby i have a full-time job a lot of people listening have full-time jobs what kind of time investment does it take do you think to to really get to the point where you're very comfortable with photography as a hobby? Well, I mean, I think you're always learning or, you know, if you're following different people on social media that are photographers, sometimes they give tips on taking photos, um, which is nice. Um, Or a lot of it, like I said, is trial and error. So it doesn't take any time hardly at all to actually take the photo, but you might want to take, you know, an extra 10 minutes if you're walking on the beach and, you know, try some different angles and that type of thing. I think that what takes the longest time Time is the um, the editing it takes a little bit of time, but I would say the kind of the curating where you're calling, you know, the number of photos you have and backing them up into the storage and just setting aside a little time to place your orders. Um, maybe maybe just set aside a time like once a month where you're going to go through, delete photos you don't need, move ones that you do love into storage. And then if you have accounts set up, whether it's WHCC or Shutterfly or any of the others, or Amazon Prime, you basically just have to if you have your credit card already in there, you just have to click a bunch of photos, tell what size, and they'll send them right to you. So really that part doesn't even take that much time. Um, If you're doing a photo book, it's a considerable investment of time, Um, but you can do that gradually as you go because they'll keep your draft of your book in there Okay, and add to it. Good to know. Oh, very cool. Okay. Um, All right. And a couple of things that you've mentioned, one of the things I guess I want to ask you more about, because you've talked about social media. Is there a community, uh, you know, how do you connect with other people? Do you connect with other people? I should start with that question. Do you connect with other people who do photography? And if you do, what does that look like, feel like? How do you do that? Yeah, I mostly, I would say I mostly use Instagram for that. Um, I find it's more engaging. I find it's less, um, I don't know, less messaging, more images. <laughs> and, um, you know, you can search certain things, you know, using hashtags. And I don't know if your listeners are as familiar, but, you know, you could, when you put on your photo or if you're looking and searching on Instagram, um, maybe you want to look up, you know, Cape Cod photography or something or Cape Cod photos. You would look under that hashtag um, and you would see other people's photos from there. Or maybe it's something really specific like boardwalks or something. And you would look under that hashtag and you would see other ones. And if you notice a lot, you know, several from someone that you like their style, you can start following them. And a lot of times if they're a professional photographer, sometimes in their stories, um, they will do um, tips um, you know, oh, you know, make sure that you put this filter on, or I just saw one the other day on Instagram and they were talking about setting up photos for the holidays. So one was a mug of cocoa, you know, like with the whipped cream all on top. And what she said was crumple up paper and put it in the mug first and then put the whipped cream all on the top. So that way the whipped cream is not melting into actual cocoa, but it looks like a mug of cocoa. But because it's paper, the the whipped cream will stay on top. You know, like little tricks like that. Nice. That make your backgrounds or things a little bit more interesting. Um, So there's definitely. And then I think that the whole community on Instagram is very um, engaging. 
And, you know, if you wrote to someone, I mean, probably not someone who has hundreds of thousands of followers, but um, if you wrote to someone who's a photographer and like, oh, I love this shot, you know, how do you get that effect? And if it's somebody who uses 35 millimeter or a certain lens, um, they would tell you more about that. Um, it is not as much for iPhone. They might tell you, oh, I use this app. You know, there was actually a fire hydrant in the corner and I use this app to erase that. And then I used the um, Bryce filter that's part of your phone. Um, but I think, you know, people, there's definitely ways to connect with people through Instagram, but just do search in, I would say the hashtag or the location tags mm-hmm. on Instagram. There's a way you can look at the locations. So you might want to look at a particular, I don't know, maybe it's, um, I don't know, a waterfall that's in your area and you put Potomac waterfall or something and, and that you'll see all the different photos from there. And it might give you some ideas like, oh, I never thought of taking it from the other side, or I never thought of taking it from up above. And it might give you ideas of, of different ways to capture it the next time you go to that location. Um, Or I think also it's, it's kind of fun to look, um, say you're going on a trip to, I don't know, Paris you can look up Paris photos and you can look like, wow, that looks like an interesting place. It's not in the guidebook, but a lot of people take photos of it. Hmm. Um, and so it's someplace to look for when you go on the trip and then you'll take your photo of it. Um, yeah. But as I, I think a lot of times when you're traveling, it, it, it highlights different areas that you might want to seek out to take the photos. Oh, that's great. And you're pulling in even topics that like I travel was one of my previous prior podcasts. <laughs> we're going to pull them all in there. So we're going to take a picture. Right. Well, that. I mean, travel photography yeah. is another whole thing, you know, and a lot yeah. of people use that. Um, and again, it's a great way to to share your travel photos um, and your experience, or if you're walking around a different place. And I mean, I even use photography as almost a memory <laughs> assistance. You know, I, I take photos of things that I want to remember. Um, you know, you take a picture of a plaque next to something because you want to remember what it told about that, especially when you're traveling, but you don't really, first, you probably can't remember exactly what it says. And second of all, you don't want to write it down. So if you take a photo of it, then, you know, and again, if, if you take a photo of a plaque or description of something, when you're traveling, if you're making a book later on, you can show the photo and then you can show the plaque. You don't have to write what the caption is. Nice, nice. No, I, I actually I do have about a half dozen pictures of plaques buried in different places <laughs> in my phone. I will for exactly that reason because it's like I know later on I'm going to say, "Oh man, what was that really cool story about that battlefield or whatever?" And right. I can't remember. Right. So yeah. Uh, all right. So I have my iPhone in my hand right now. Okay. Okay. So you're gonna you're gonna walk me through how do I how do I want to I want to capture for posterity's sake our discussion here. Okay. So you're, you're okay. on the zoom and talking to me right now. What is it like, does it matter whether I'm straight up and down or horizontal or vertical? Does, is there a difference in terms of the, um, it depends what you're going to be using it for. If I'm someplace that I say there's a beautiful beach and there's a bench and it's a nice, you know, light, mm-hmm. I take, I take horizontal and I take vertical okay. because it's hard to, um, once you've taken horizontal, if you want to use it in a vertical, it's harder to get it. You know, you'd have to really zoom in and crop it. Okay. So I find it easier just to take one of each direction in case you're going to need it later on. So gotcha. I, w- I would say to do that. I mean, on a zoom, when there's two people, I would say horizontal. <laughs> okay. Uh, that makes okay. sense. So there's a horizontal I, I'm going to do, so they have, they have like a real zoom and they have what I call the human zoom, which is, yeah, well, you I, just, move forward and I back. just move forward and closer. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So I'm moving closer now. So I have a picture of us and this is one of the strangest things I've ever done, but we're going to go ahead and do this. And I'm just going to take the photo and I've got a little bit now, 
I, I don't want the whole screen in there. So I want a little bit of background, right? Or something like that. Does that make sense? Or mm -hmm. All right. So now I'm going to show you this picture. So, that's so you now on that one, what you could do is, um, you know, you could crop it so it doesn't show like the lights in the background and things okay. like that. Okay. What other, what else would you recommend? So um, it's kind of hard to tell from the zoom, but you might also want to angle it forward or back. And that's something um, if you're taking photos of buildings, uh -huh. especially in cities or houses, sometimes because you're at street level, you, you get kind of a skewed perspective of the building. Okay. That's one of the, if you tap on edit right now, edit. Okay. Yeah. Um, yep. So you're going to tap edit and at the bottom you see, um, you see cancel. Mm -hmm. And then you you should see three different um, shapes. I do. One is a circle with dots around it. Yes. That's the basic editing functions. Okay. The one next to it is like three intertwined circles. Mm -hmm. That's the filters. Okay. And then the one next to that is the cropping or adjusting the size. So if you tap that third one, which looks like a square with mm -hmm. arrows next to it, um, you'll see directly above that, directly below the photo, there's three circles. Mm -hmm. One has a circle with a horizontal line. One has a square with a vertical line. And one okay. has a square with a horizontal line. Do you see those? I do. Straighten, vertical, and horizontal. That's what right. they're three, right? Okay. So the, this, this first one is just like if you are taking a picture of um, a landscape, like you're at the beach or you're in somewhere in nature. Mm -hmm. One thing to try to keep in mind is try to keep your horizon line straight. But if you don't, you can use this tool to straighten it. <laughs> Okay. So you can just move it to the left or right and you can see it shifts the photo. Oh, dude. Okay. All right. So I'm going to play with this later on and, and use all <laughs> these different things. And then I'm going to send you my final product and you can okay. tell me how I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. I just want to finish with one more question then. Um, here I am, somebody pursuing a hobby. If I decided I wanted to choose photography as my hobby, what is the one piece of advice you would give to me first? I would say take more photos than you think you normally would. So if you're at, um, like I said, if you're at a beach and you're taking pictures, I would take quite a few as long as you're remembering to delete them later. But, you know, take them from different angles, take them closer. You, like you were saying with the Zoom, there are Zooms on all of these smartphones. But like someone had said once, it's easier sometimes to Zoom with your feet, like walk forward, go closer to something. Because then if you have to blow that, say you want to take a picture of a bench and you're far away from it. Of course, you can always, after you take the photo, you can Zoom in on it, but it's not going to be as sharp as if you walked up to it and took the closer photo. So you might want to take one from further away, one closer, and depending what you're going to use it, because say you wanted to turn that into a big canvas on your wall, you want to make sure it's the sharpest or the, you know, the highest number of pixels or anything. And that would do it because if you zoom way in, it's not going to be as easy to make a large photo of that. So I would say take, take a lot of photos and just practice and don't be afraid to play around with all the editing tools because you can always go back to um, reset to the original. <laughs> Good. Okay. That's good to know too. I need the reset button. So <laughs> that's going to be critical. Uh, fantastic. Well, Cape Cod Beth, I want to thank you very much. And that again for folks, www.capecodbeth.com or at Cape Cod Beth. Thanks so much for taking some time out to talk with me. I really do appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah, for fun for me too. Have a great one. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out our Instagram page, which you can find at midlife underscore hobby. 
or follow us any place you can find podcasts, including Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. And of course, when you find something you like, you should always tell a friend about it. Also, I'd love to hear thoughts and suggestions about other hobbies or speakers. Send an email to midlife.hobby at gmail.com. I'll do everything I can to follow up with you. Special thanks goes to Kristen Jensen for this episode's inspiration around hobbies. Kristen is the author of the book, How to Start a Home-Based Wedding Photography Business. And Kristen says, for those of us who consider ourselves photographers, photography usually starts out as a hobby. But I also have to give a shout out to Dale Carnegie for the inspiration around this first complete season of Midlife Hobby. He said, today is life, the only life you are sure of. Make the most of today. Get interested in something. Shake yourself awake. Develop a hobby. Let the winds of enthusiasm sweep through you. Live today with gusto. Thanks for listening to the first season of this podcast. I hope you'll join us early next year for season two of Wanted, a Midlife Hobby. Hobby.